well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Zoe's podcast. We are now on episode seven with Mr. Brian O'Ringer. I say it right? O'Ringer. Ringer. Okay, so I was I was I was I was correct. So that's all that matters, man. He this guy is an NBA scout. He he will give us insight. Well, not insight, well, just of knowing of Steven Silas. And he he'll go he'll go over the course of his career and the things that he's done inside the NBA. So Brian, how do you feel right now, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Zach? I'm feeling good, just tired, you know, just I've been up with my child a lot. I don't know if you have any kids or not, but this is my first one, and he is ballistic. He's he's fun. I love him. He's cute and stuff like that. But sleeping time, around, around yeah. four o'clock, he woke me up, and it was ugh. it t- took an hour. <laughs> not yet. I'm, I'm not looking forward to losing all that sleep. But uh, congratulations. I, I know it's a lot of fun. I'm sure a lot of work. But <laughs> yeah, he was just born this past Sunday. Oh so, wow! Congrats. Dang it, my fight Monday, but. Yeah, all right. So, Brian, so can you can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your NBA scouting career for us? Yeah, sure. So I, I worked in the NBA for seven seasons. Uh, six of those years were with the Washington Wizards. Uh, I spent four years as their head video coordinator, um, you know, traveling with the team. You know, that's famously the position that uh, Eric Spolstra, Frank Vogel, Mike Budenholzer, a lot of those uh, head coaches started in the video room, um, you know, so I have a really good feel for the NBA game planning process, the X's and O's, the terminology, how all that stuff works. Uh, and then I spent a year as a regional advanced scout for the uh, the Hawks and Raptors, just helping them basically, uh, you know, steal play calls and make sure they were ready for all their uh, upcoming games. So, yeah, all in all, spent seven years in the NBA, obviously have a, a lot of experience, you know, uh, put together you know, a lot of draft edits and was involved in the, the process, you know, when we had those high picks and got like Bradley Beal and Otto Porter. But, uh, yeah, definitely spent a long time there and have a pretty good feel for how everything works in the NBA. Awesome, man. You know, I was so hyped on Bradley Beal coming to Houston. So some, somebody found a piece for Bradley Beal to come to Houston and we can look into our trade, uh, uh, our trade debt in Houston. But I don't think we had enough depth or I don't think Bradley Beal wants to leave Washington, which is, which is which is kind of weird in a way. Uh, quick question before we you know continue on about Stephen Silas and you know uh, of course you know his 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 uh his career with the Rockets is, will start soon, which is uh, December twenty second, and we will talk about that. But Bradley Bill, uh, what makes Bradley Bill so comfortable in Washington? You know he's he's just a really uh, really loyal guy. You know he's not somebody that's. Uh, going to be a ring chaser and just cares about his own uh fame or winning or you know any of those things i think he wants to uh he wants to win obviously but he wants to do it in in washington the team that drafted him and you know he's played his whole career there obviously and uh you know he's about loyalty so i think it was uh you know a tremendous get you know and, and gesture by him to to extend there and, and keep showing faith in the organization. So, you know, now it's really just on them to win. And, uh, you know, I think that patience might run out, especially if they get off to a really bad start uh, this season. I think this season's obviously absolutely massive for them and for keeping Brad, uh, you know, because if they are looking out of the playoffs again, I, I really think he'll he'll make a strong push to get out of there. But, you know, with John back, with, with Rui uh, showing a lot of promise, I think they do have a you know, a good chance to, to jump into the playoffs uh, this season and, uh, you know, try to keep him happy. But, uh, yeah, he's a tremendous piece, awesome 
awesome worker. And, uh, you know, I, I remember we had opportunities at times to, to trade him probably for Harden. So that uh, would have altered uh, the course of history a little bit for, for both of our teams. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was awesome to be around in D.C. Yeah, John Wall, man. What do you like that you've seen from John Wall? You know, he's coming off, you know, two injuries, basically an ACL. Well, I don't know if it's two ACL injuries, but I know one of them is an ACL injury. And, you know, he, he missed like a year and a half of basketball. But now, but, but now he's looking strong in Florida at the at Remy workouts. Um, he's looking like himself again. But we're wondering if he can 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 he bring that thing? Can he bring those techniques and the things he's learning and his skill back inside the NBA when the season starts? Because you know it's, it can be a little shaky, you know, coming off the type of injuries he's had, and those are usually career injury. I mean, those those are your, like those are usually like career ending uh, type of injuries in a way. And you look at Demarcus Cousins; he he. He's been the same, but has not been himself like the Sacramento and New Orleans Pelicans, DeMarcus Cousins. Do you think John Wall will be an all-star, if not a superstar again? And will he help Bradley Bill out in Washington? I definitely wouldn't uh, wouldn't bet against him to make, you know, make all-star teams again in his career. You know, I think uh, obviously you have a guy like Cousins who's kind of, uh, you know, always been an overweight, sort of below-the-rim uh, guy that, you know, relied so much on the athleticism. John obviously, you know, relies a lot on the athleticism and speed, but I think people forget sometimes he's also a, uh, you know, almost six six massive point guard, uh, you know, who has phenomenal floor vision and just is a, an amazing, amazing passer. So, you know, I, I tell people, even if he only has 90% of his speed or whatever, and honestly, by watching some of these uh, workout videos, it, it looks like he might be, just as fast, if not faster, you know, which is amazing, the uh, technology and stuff they have with surgeries today. But even if he only had 90% of that speed, you know, he, he's so gifted. He always sees plays three steps ahead of everybody. He would, you know, he'd make passes that coaches would always watch the film back and be like, how in the world did he, did he see that? You know, uh, just, just really high IQ. So I think that combined with his competitiveness, which is, you know, second and none, really high up there, uh, you know, we'll definitely give him a chance to be an all-star type player again. And, uh, you know, he just has to accept that role that he's not going to be always the guy anymore, that he's got to share the ball a lot more and especially let Brad handle the ball a ton more. But, you know, I think he'll be able to adapt and uh, they should be pretty good together. Good. Uh, if, if things go down the drain, which one would you trade? If, if, if they don't make the playoffs, you know, this season – who is – would you trade both of Bradley Bill and John Wall or would you just trade John Wall or just Bradley Bill or just blow it up? Yeah, but, you know, John's got the, the longer contract, so I think he, he'll definitely be harder to move, especially if, uh, you know, if he doesn't look incredible. Brad will be the much easier one because yeah, he much has, easier. you know, a short-term deal and, and tremendous uh, demand around him. But uh, – yeah, I mean, if things go south, like I said, I think Brad will put pressure on them to get out. I think they'll basically have to deal him if, if things go really poorly, you know, and, and they should be able to get a pretty good return, obviously, with how many teams will be heavily after him. And then, you know, John, obviously, if there's a team that could take that contract and wants him, you know, certainly if you deal Brad, you probably want to deal uh, John, too. I think the hard part is just, you know, it's a Chris Paul-type long-term deal that uh, will scare some teams away for sure. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think actually, you look at when you look at John Wall's contract, you think of Russell Westbrook's contract. 
And um, I argued with somebody um, in the past, and who was a better player to you? Like, now we're transitioning to Rockets basketball. Uh, do you, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, um, better player, which one is better to you? And, it would, and do you think Houston would trade, would swap Russell Westbrook to Washington while we get John Wall next year? A bigger contract, and we'd be in the same situation, but I think if John Wall can show that he's an all-star player, why not? Why not? Uh, why not, John? How come John cannot come to Houston? You know, why not? How come we can't see that? You know, but I, I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be basically Westbrook uh, for Bradley Bill and have Bradley Bill and John Wall. And I wouldn't say a non-shooting backcourt, but your shooting your shooting backcourt wouldn't be as strong without Bradley Bill. So I'm thinking it would be it would it'd be more likely Russell Westbrook for John Wall. So do you think, or do you think John will go somewhere else, or just just in general? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know where John really makes the most sense. I mean, but your initial question, like, who's better between John and Russ, I think is a really interesting question. And, you know, definitely one I've thought about a lot, like through their careers, uh, you know, they're, they're actually a lot more similar than, than people probably think, you know, obviously just in terms of their incredible speed and just how many plays they make, uh, you know, just on, uh, their pace alone and, and floor vision and all those things. Um, you know, they both, their fatal flaws have both kind of been the, the jumper, uh, which we've seen, you know, for Russ play out more in the playoffs, but uh, John as well. And John hasn't made it quite as far as, as often in the playoffs as Russ. But, uh, you know, if he was playing like these past couple seasons, people would probably be talking about uh, John's lack of a jumper as well. So I'm not really sure how much he would, uh, would fix anything in Houston. I, he'd probably still have those, those same kind of issues that they do now, uh, you know, even with Russ. But, uh, you know, I do think him and uh, him and Russ are really similar overall. And, you know, Russ probably has a slight edge just in terms of overall motor and competitiveness and just being a complete maniac on the floor, uh, you know. But, but John, you know, maybe is a slightly better uh, passer just in terms of, again, seeing the floor, seeing everything a few steps ahead, taking better care of the basketball, um, you know, and he has – been able to shoot the ball a little bit better overall at least you know from three uh than russ has in his career so yeah two incredible players who you know make it a a little hard to build like real uh championship contenders around at least with uh with the lack of shooting yeah uh last question um you said you were a a wizard scout for how many years again Uh, i worked with them for six years total and, okay, and so and so you would know a little bit about the rookie they just um, uh, recently had on that roster. His name is uh, he's, from, he's from Gonzaga. I can't say his name correctly. I don't know how he's it's R-U-I. Rui. 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 So you, yeah. So Rui, the, his upside. What do you think about Rui? In a way. Uh, I'm I'm really high on him. You know, I think right. uh, we saw some of those like you know when he got drafted there was some Kawhi comparisons that I thought were a little crazy at the time, but, uh, you know, he, he does have the ability to really lift in the mid range and get his own shot. And that's, uh, you know, that's obviously proven to be a massive skill when it comes to the playoffs. When you look at the, the Jimmy Butlers and the, uh, you know, Kawhi's obviously that have had a lot of playoff success. So I think he's, he's really high motor. He's really long. He can guard one through five and, you know, switch, switch all screens which is a big skill and uh you know you, you look at like the kind of uh fours in today's nba the the Giannis, the siakams that are able to handle the ball and like make plays in transition that's a, 
that's a huge, huge skill uh, with the way the game's played today, and that's another thing that, that Rui does pretty well, and he's you know really fundamental from all his time in Gonzaga, has improved his game a ton after, you know, I think not starting playing until he was like 14 or 15 or something. Um, so, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be really special and be a, a good third piece there, um, you know, and, and certainly should be a, a at least a long-term starter in the NBA. That's awesome. I mean, that's really awesome. So I think, you know, do you think the Wizards will build around him if they lose Bradley Bill or John Wall? Like, if they lose both of those guys, can you build around him particularly? And, like, honestly, and, and another question as well, like, do you think they'll keep a one-two punch? And here's, here's, here's another cool thing. Say if they have a, a, a successful season. I know I asked two questions in one. <laughs> but say if they, you know, say if they have a successful season with, with, uh, with John Wall, Bradley Bill, and Rui. Do you think that can be a triple threat in Washington? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's a, a pretty good start, at least. You know, if you look at them kind of as the one, two, and four, you know, some people think Rui might be able to play the three. I think he's more of a of a four. But, yeah, you know, I think that's at least, uh, you know, obviously phenomenal shooter and scorer in Brad, a phenomenal passer in John that they've, they've had you know, playoff success before. They, they haven't been able to make it all the way to the conference finals, but they've at least made, uh, you know, game sevens in the second round and, and won, you know, almost 50 games in the East. So they've proven they can be, uh, John and Brad alone, are a successful core. And, yeah, you know, I think Rui can uh, potentially be that third guy. You know, he's still – he's so young. He's so raw. You know, obviously only played the year in the league so far. So, you know, does he have that Kawhi – Siakam type potential to really make a leap to a superstar. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. I, I can't, you can't make any guarantees there yet, but like I said, you know, I think he's definitely a starter. I think he's definitely got huge upside. Uh, they need to get better big men, to be honest. That's kind of the flaw of that team right now. You know, they, they were just picked apart defensively, especially at the five spot with uh, Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner and some guys that don't really play defense. Um, so, you know, I think certainly a, a good defensive five man is, should be high on their wish list and, uh, could help a lot of things, uh, for them overall. Yeah. Okay. So we can now, uh, transition a little bit to the Rockets basketball side, but you know, we just, they have so many updates. They have so many players that you want to, you just want to see the city do good in basketball, even though that city has always struggled in basketball. Uh, I wouldn't say, but, but you know, when you get a guy like John Wall and Bradley Bill, they've actually brought some life to that organization. And I know we're supposed to be talking about Rocket Basketball real soon. And I know we, 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 we are. So we're doing it now. Actually, when I think about it, we're doing it now. So Steven Silas, what is your take on Steven Silas with the Rockets as a head coach? You know, to be honest, uh, <laughs> my honest assessment just that I wasn't really wowed by the hire. Um, you know, I'm just not sure what he really changes all that much, you know, what the direction is now, especially, uh, you know, without Maury, is it still going to be to run it back like with this same group and, and try to win a championship? Um, you know, and if that is what you're doing, uh, honestly, you know, a coach out there with uh, more experience overall as a, as a head coach, obviously like Jeff Van Gundy, uh, I thought had the inside track on that job. So, I was, I was a little surprised by Silas. I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a basketball lifer, a son of a coaching legend. You know, he's been in the league for so long. He's, he's worked, uh, you know, as an assistant in, 
in so many different organizations and obviously, um, you know, been under Carlisle now for a long time and some good coaches in Charlotte, including his dad before that. And, uh, you know, he's hopped around the league. So definitely has experience. Definitely, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll have the respect of players, but, uh, you know, it did kind of remind me a little bit of like Dicker staff in terms of, a of a guy who's a, a great like assistant coach and then, you know, basketball son of a coach, kind of the same model, um, but maybe not the guy to get them over the top. So remains to be seen. I think, the you know, uh, it, we'll definitely uh, have to see how he responds to moving over to that head chair. But, you know, I think he, he does some things well and also, you know, doesn't check some boxes uh, for me. Yeah, uh, just to give you the insight about uh... – just about uh, Silas. Silas actually used to be an NBA scout in 2005-06 for Deke Wizards. So just like you. So you might, So who knows? You probably can take the same path uh, he does in a way. So I'll, I'll probably see him. I saw team. that on his Wikipedia. And I, yeah, I, I didn't know that until I, uh, until yeah. I saw that wonder uh, just for a season. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised to, to see that also. Yeah, usually NBA scouts, like, you know, like you said, uh, uh, Eric Spostra, and, of course, you know, uh, now you look at uh, – uh, uh, Steven Silas, they started as scouts, like you said, and they ended up coaching. So I won't be shocked if I won't see you as a coach in the next – I won't be shocked. So within the next for 10, 15 years, next five – I even say five. So I won't be shocked I'm talking to the next uh, NBA head coach. But um, but 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 back to uh, Steven Silas, just to, uh, on the press conference, they're looking to – with James and Russ, he said he's looking to add a little bit more movement to the offense. So not as much iso ball. Uh uh, Rafael Stone did mention that they do want to bring in uh, some some players to complement Russ and James. Uh, and another thing they are looking to do, they, 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 they did say they are looking to spend the luxury tax. Now, I don't know how much I believe in that category. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do it tremendously, like if they're going to you know, hit it hard in free agency. But they, I think they are looking to, to, you know, to move certain players. Uh, to 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 get who they want, but I don't know if they can move much because the depth isn't really that good. The spending is the, the they're at the cap, so they have no money to really spend like that. They even though they get an extra hundred twenty three million dollars, that can be gone within like two players. That's really somebody's contract right there. Um, so when you think about uh, those uh, those situations, what, what do you think about that on what I just said? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I mean, I really like the idea of uh, bringing more movement uh, back to the offense. I think that that's a big thing, uh, you know, and I think that's something that I don't understand why D'Antoni was so stubborn about and, you know, why they just absolutely refused to really uh, run many sets at all. And uh, also the mid-range thing, you know, I, I do hope I haven't heard what Silas's plans uh, or for that, maybe, you know, better than me, but, you know, now with Maury gone, I mean, I, I hope they'll at least consider, uh, you know, relaxing that extremely, uh, you know, adamant, uh, Maury ball thing, you know, cause obviously they've had a lot of regular season success and, and, and some playoff success, but I do think to be a championship type team, I think you need to be able to score the ball from all three levels and, you know, can't, uh, you saw like the way the Lakers defended them, just totally running them off the three-point line and uh, protecting the rim. And, you know, mid-range shots were wide open all series and the Rockets just wouldn't take them. So, you know, Harden in his career has, has been able to be a good mid-range shooter. And I don't understand why he's completely uh, cut that out of his game. I mean, I know, you know, obviously the analytics, but 
you know, Russ still shoots him obviously on occasion and is pretty decent there. I think Harden would be even better there and needs to take uh, those shots. So I, I hope Silas does that. I hope, like he, like you said, he brings some more plays and movement uh, to the offense. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know how exactly you can uh, maneuver the contract. You know, I haven't studied the the, the books and who's out there uh, all that much. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's still obviously a really good roster. I mean, uh, you know, Tucker is one of my favorite players in the league. He's, he's so unbelievably gritty and just, you know, does everything defensively, switches one through five. I, I think he should be on an all-defensive team every year. Uh, Covington kind of the same way. Um, you know, I, I, I understand why they tried the, the super small thing and, you know, tried to switch everything. But I do think they have to get, again, a, a traditional five-man back. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I definitely can play some small five, and he's, he's great there off the bench. But uh, Harden in particular, like, you know, he's so good in the pick and roll, and it's so hard to, to play a ton of pick and roll without a, without a lob guy, without a real – uh, rolling five man. So, however they can, I think they need to find a way uh, at some point to get you know a strong five man and to go along with him again. So, definitely interesting. A lot of a lot of possibilities. But uh, yeah, I mean, you still still have a roster that's theoretically one of the top in the West. And uh, you know, you think that you can make one or two moves, it could be enough to get them over the top. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Just look at some of these quotes. These guys look very optimistic. They look very giddy. They were like, okay, they were excited. Silas said, I love the roster, even though they, they, they did say they're going to make changes to it. Um, but if you were, you know, Raphael Stone and you were Steven Silas, who, what player in free agency and what would you be telling to Timothy Who is the player that the Rockets need? I think it's Miles Turner. I think you need to trade for Miles Turner. Um, and bring him and bring him in that five spot because he stretched the floor well. He runs the floor well. He shoots perimeter like thirty five percent, which is really good for a big man in, in the in the NBA and, and like in and like today's time. Uh, if you get a baby that can shoot thirty five percent and defend the and defend the rim and finish around the rim, still, um, I mean he's he's like, he's almost like Capella, but just with a jump shot, he'd be a great pick and roll lob partner for James Harden as well. So he'll get a lot of playing time. And he'll be used. He'll be he'll he'll get that he'll he'll get used to the maximum. Uh, on that team, if if it was me, so if you had to bring somebody because they're, they're saying that they're not going to keep. Well, they're not saying that they're not they're not looking for. They they did say that they're possibly not look. They're not looking for guys who are just six seven. They're looking for guys who have talent. They're looking for guys who can play the game basketball. So what do you think about that? Yeah, Turner's all right. I mean, you know what he does well is he does space the floor. You know, so he can theoretically like kind of do what what Tucker does in terms of being a, a space guy that can. Uh, you know, always be on the perimeter, shoot threes, but, you know, obviously has better size and shot blocking ability and able to defend the rim and, you know, occasionally be, be a role man at times. You know, the knock on him has kind of been that he's uh, a little bit soft, you know, doesn't love to really mix it up down low, doesn't, uh, you know, prefers to float around the perimeter, which, you know, might, might fit Houston style okay. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's possibly a way to get a guy like uh, – Harrell back I mean maybe he'd be outside their their range obviously but I think he's the kind of you know tremendous motor big man who uh you know is a great role man is a great passer out of roles um you know tremendous motor defender I think he would fit pretty well um you know Christian Wood is a guy who maybe would come a little bit cheaper but also yeah. is a is a good lob guy good high motor yeah, you know protector type 
so yeah, there's some guys, but yeah, you know, like like I said, like you said, I think that the five spot, I think they really do need to, you know, upgrade one. You know, like I said, I like Tucker uh, at times at the five, but I don't think they can play him uh, for a full season as a starting five man. You can't, you can't. It it, it didn't work. It kind. Of, I wouldn't say it worked inside the bubble. It probably worked for the Oklahoma City, uh, the Oklahoma State Thunder, but it didn't work for the Los Angeles Lakers. So you can, you know, you see these big men nowadays. They're, they're all taking threes. Like Andre Drummond, he's trying to work on his three point shots. I don't know if he's trying to. I don't know if he's trying to um, build his trademark uh, trade market up. You know, Houston's probably looking at Andre Drummond, uh, but I don't know if his contract would be, you know, a little expensive. I don't know how much money he's asking for. Uh, a guy like Christian Wood, he's really, he's really like he brand new. He's came out of the G League, really. You know, he his the sky's limit for Christian Wood, and we talked about it before Christian Wood would be a game changer, just like Miles Turner. So the cheaper option, and if Fertitta wants to do a cheaper option, it'd be Christian Wood. If you do Miles Turner, he could probably be looking for some money. He could probably be looking for the max deal within, within next year. Uh, he probably No player will possibly get the max deal. And guys like Jeremy Grant, I mean, you can sign guys like Jeremy Grant for cheap, I think. Well, not too cheap, because he's going to want at least 80 to $100 million, if not a little bit over $100 million, because he's worth that. Now, if I was a GM, I'm not paying Jeremy Grant no more than 120. Uh, he wouldn't, because that's Bradley Bill money. So he probably get less than 100, a little bit less than 100. So, uh, and you know Bradley Bill's contract. So I, I, I want I, the Rockets have to look into guys like Jeremy Grant, uh, Christian Wood, and Miles Turner. Uh, just and, and other pieces that can shoot. Like they said, DJ Augustine's free. He's a veteran, a, a, a really good backup point guard. He's short. You know, the Rockets are really a tall team. But, you know, getting rid of Ben McElmore could be pretty wise. Daniel House could be pretty wise. Flipping those guys, including Eric Gordon. Now, he's the probably the – him, Eric Gordon, since they're not getting rid of Russ or James Harden, uh, you have to look into getting rid of uh, – I mean, Eric Gordon. They, they never said he was off the uh, – they never said off the radar. But the thing that I did not like was – uh, the thing that was not, I'm not the biggest fan of, the biggest speculation, if not pro- propaganda, is the, the Knicks getting some of our players or we're trading with the Knicks. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a three team, I don't want to do a, a, a three team trade with the Knicks. I just don't want to do it. You know, they haven't, been, they haven't been successful since Carmelo, if not a little bit when they had Carmelo. So uh, my, I think my biggest spot is Detroit staying away from Blake Griffin and trying to get Christian Wood. And of course, Indiana, which they have Miles Turner. And then you got, you know, Denver with Jeremy Grant. So what do you think about that, my man? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy, I think, is, uh, you know, definitely has increased the stock uh, tremendously, like, you know, with that season in Denver. And I, I think, you know, like you said, the fact that he might make $100 million is is absolutely nuts. And uh, to me, at least, I, you know, I, I think that would probably price him out of, Houston's range and definitely would price him out of the range that I think he's worth, you know, super good utility guy that can, you know, again, defend positions, make shots, you know, make some overall good plays. But I think he's, you know, he's a fourth or fifth starter at best. Um, so I, I can't, I can't pay a guy like that a, a max if it's up to me. You know, I think he also has a lot of overlap, you know, with like a guy like Covington, for example, just in terms of, you know, they're both kind of three fours that are, good defenders kind of do it all type guys uh you know make some shots but you know but aren't guys that you're gonna put the ball in their hands a ton and ask them to you know go get their own shot things like that so yeah i don't know uh you know about uh you know 
I definitely agree with maybe trying to get rid of Eric Gordon. You know, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a solid, good scorer, but, uh, you know, he's obviously had a, a long chance there and hasn't been super productive in the playoffs for the most part. And, you know, when, when you're paying that much for kind of a guy that's usually a six-man type, um, you know, you could certainly maybe find better uses uh, for that money. So, yeah, well, it's definitely uh, a lot of decisions uh, to be made by uh, the new GM there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of decisions for him to make. But I think Eric Gordon won't be on the team by December 22nd, if not December 1st. That's when the NBA training starts for, is December 1st. So um, which that starts within a, less than a month a little bit. So that's very exciting. Um, Brian, we're almost done, man. I, I'm glad you came on the show. Uh, and, and you gave a lot of great uh, – exclamations and I, I'm I'm ex, I'm extremely excited for you coming on the show and talking about you know your experience the Wizards and of course the Rockets um, you're a very wise individual and I want to thank you for that my man I appreciate it enjoyed it and uh, definitely thank you for having me anytime uh, last question you uh, Silas brought up the Don Nelson uh, 06 07 I believe team which he was part of um, the small ball you know system if, do you think that if Stone and Silas were like, you know what, forget about it, we're going to do the same thing we did last year, what we saw, I, I've been studying this, this. He said he's been studying this team a lot since he's been uh, been the head coach. Uh, he's been studying all the strengths, the weaknesses. He's been looking at it all over tape because, you know, he was a scout. So he's going to do his best for James, Russ, Eric, uh, uh, PJ, Covington, he's going to do his best for those guys. You know, he's looking, he's looking at all the strengths right now. So do you think he'll try to uh, max out that small ball uh, system, which he saw and um, which he, which he saw with the, with the, we believe team, do you think that will be a big factor with the Rockets team? If they decide, you know what, we're going to do the same thing we did last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't even honestly think really about that you know, connection to the Don Nelson uh, small ball and, like, his background there. But but that's a really – that's an interesting point, you know, and that's definitely good experience that he probably did uh, lean on a little bit, like, in his interviews and his, his vision for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, they kind of did call it small ball on steroids uh, last season and what the Rockets tried to do, you know, seemed kind of all out. But, uh, you know, obviously you look at, like, those Golden State teams and even um, – you know, you look at the, uh, the Steph and Clay teams, obviously, uh, you know, they, they did have a ton more movement and motion and just, uh, you know, off ball screens and all those things that, you know, I, I think championship level teams do and, and share the ball more and all those things. So, you know, I, I think uh, he has some great uh, groundwork to start out with. You know, D'Antoni definitely left him a really high powered offense that's, uh, you know, I, I called it even like dribble drive on steroids, you know, just <laughs> constant five out. I mean, incredible uh, rim attacks by Harden and Russ. And, you know, they're both uh, just so hard to guard one-on-one. And, and once they force a second defender, then that's when you're, you know, opening up all those threes. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a good situation for him to take over. And, you know, as a first time head coach, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to start out with a 20 or 30 win team or whatever. I mean, him being able to take over a team that already, what, what they win the, the first game of the series off the uh, NBA champions. And, you know, at times looked like they'd be able to really make that uh, 
uh, a series. You know, I, I think the, the potential is definitely still there uh, to get over the top. And, um, you know, there, there's a way, you know, it's just going to be on him to figure out exactly what that way is, exactly which buttons to press to, you know, to help Harden in particular uh, get over the hump in the playoffs because, you know, nobody's had really more regular season success than he has. And, you know, he's he's set scoring records and unbelievable assist numbers and done so many incredible things. But, yeah, I mean, now the test is just uh, can you figure out a way to uh, to get the team to, to championship? Yeah, so the, yeah, basically you're saying just maximize that effort that he's seen in the regular season to the playoffs. And another thing that uh, that he's, you know, he's, he was really big on was confidence. You know, I, I don't know if it's a confidence thing for James or Russ, but I think James had a really good, you know, he had a really good uh, playoffs. He averaged right around 28, 29, and not 30 points in the playoffs. But that double team uh, effect happened it happened a lot, and Russ couldn't really step up. So, you know, you've seen it, you've seen it in press conferences where his head was down, and Russ was really big on doing that. And and he was really he was really big on that in the media. He always told the media that I'm big on confidence. If anybody's head down, I was I would always go up to him and talk to him and you know tell them to pick their head up. I'm big on you know keep my head up no matter how bad the situation is. So Styles was big on that, saying I'm here to keep guys' confidence high. I'm here to, he basically, what you said, he's here to win now. Basically, you said um, he's walking into a situation where he has a higher part offense. He basically said, I, I'm a walking into a team that's, that, that sucks. But let's just say that. I'm walking into a team that actually has the effort to win a championship, if not win at all. And I'm here to win. I'm here to win now. So I'm not here to, to, to second guess what's going on. I'm here to just win, do my job, maximize these guys' efforts on offense, uh, figure out the movement like we just discussed, but like you said, he's here to he's here to win now. So, but Brian, my man, it was um, it was awesome to have you on the show. I want to thank you again, man, Brian O'Ringer. Thank you, NBA scout. But I always ask everybody this question right here. So I always say, whose podcast are you on? So basically, who are you talking to? Basically, what you would say is Zoe's podcast. So, and then I would say, what do you represent? And then you talk about your experience and then family, you talk about whatever you want to represent. It's all up to you. So, Brian, whose podcast are you on, my man? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the uh, the question all that well. Can you, you said <laughs> again? My fault. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. So I always ask everybody whose podcast you're on. And they usually say Zoe's podcast. I asked everybody that question and they'd be like, man, what are you talking about, bro? Like, and they started laughing about it. So, and you say Zoe's podcast. And then after that, I say, what do you represent? I'm going to say, what do you represent? And you talk about your experience, family, just, you know, what do you represent as a man and in your craft as well? So Brian, whose podcast are you on my man? Got it. Zoe's podcast. And uh, yeah, to represent, uh, hard work a love of basketball and uh you know yeah love of family all those things but uh yeah everybody can come check out my stuff on a uh, scout with brian uh um, twitter youtube and the podcast just scout with brian with a y um and definitely uh, enjoyed our chat and appreciate you having me anytime man you take care drive safely okay you too thank you